This is Express FM. Supported by Southern Co-op. We are passionately Pompey. That's the final action of this match. Portsmouth are going to Wembley. Can it be forced in? It can! Portsmouth have scored! And what a huge goal that could be! Pure, unadulterated Pompey. With the talent and the players that we've got and the ambition, I think there's no reason why we can't put our minds to promotion. Action and reaction. We've been in League One for too long and there's no guarantee, but you know there's a real sense of urgency and ambition to gain promotion. Giving Pompey fans a voice. No more looking back now for football. We're going to try to create something that's really exciting. This is the Football Hour. The one team that stands out, that's historic, that's had great success, that has a fan base that is amazingly passionate. Two points from two for Pompey to start the new League One campaign. Ogilvy, early ball in the box. Bishop helps it on. Chance for Hackett. Great block. Still there. Over the bar. Clearest opportunity of the game so far. And there's a few boos around Fratton Park and a bit of frustration at Portsmouth drawing a blank. It's finished Portsmouth nil, Lincoln City nil. Lincoln City caused frustration at Fratton at the weekend, parking every man and his dog behind the ball to ensure the Blues failed to find a breakthrough. It worked and the game ended goalless, much to the disappointment of Danny Cowley. We're really disappointed because we always want to win games here. I think we are a new group and we have to keep trying to work together to get to that joined up thinking and we didn't quite always have that today. Next up, his side travelled to South Wales to take on Cardiff City in the first round of the Carabao Cup. Me and my two studio guests will be picking apart Saturday's draw and previewing tomorrow's tie between now and 7 o'clock. Within such time, we'll also hear from one of Danny Cowley's new recruits, Tom Lowry, who talks us through the events leading up to his arrival. As soon as I knew that it was getting close, you know, I knew that this is a place that I really want to come to. We've got all of that plus so much more to discuss here over the course of the next 60-odd minutes including the arrival of Tom Lowry and Owen Dale, the confirmation of their, those two arrivals to PO4, and what these new signings could mean for some of the existing crop of players at the club. Strap yourselves in now because you're listening to 93.7 Express FM, and this is the Football Hour. This is the Football Hour, 93.7 Express FM. A very good evening and welcome along to yet another instalment of the Football Hour here on 93.7 Express FM, driven to you this season by Stagecoach Across the South. You can download their app now from either the Apple app or Google Play Store. You can view updated timetables and locate your nearest bus stop as well. Well, this evening I'm joined alongside two more Pompey fans to pick apart all of the events from Saturday's 0-0 draw at Fratton Park. We'll also be previewing the next couple of games including tomorrow night's trip to Cardiff City in the Carabao Cup and a little look ahead to Saturday's match day number three in League One as the Blues take on Cheltenham Town away from home. Amongst all of that we've got Danny Cowley's post-match reaction from the weekend. We're going to hear from new signing Tom Lowry. We'll be discussing the arrival of Owen Dale and we'll also hear from Rob England as well who talks about the up-and-coming talent in Portsmouth in regards to women's football and what the European Championship win for the Lionesses last Sunday has done for the sport 
over the past few months or so. And as always, Pompey fans, we are urging you back home listening in to the show tonight to get in touch, share all of your thoughts, predictions and questions with us between now and 7 o'clock. 81400 is the number to text. Start your messages with the word express. You can email sport at expressfm.com. You can use at expressfm if you're on Twitter. Alternatively, you can head over to facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. Well, before I welcome in my two guests for tonight's discussion, let's take a little trip back to Saturday afternoon. Pompey welcomed the highest crowd at Fratton Park of the calendar year, following an extensive programme in pre-season of redevelopment of both the South Stand and the North Stand. This was the, the very first time both stands were fully open to a full-capacity crowd at Fratton Park for the visit of Lincoln City. Everything we do is passionately pumping. A wonderful goal! Every second of the action is right here. Shoot and scores! 90 minutes of passionately pumpy commentary. He scored! This is... You want to believe it! Pompey Live. So Lincoln in all black with red trim will go from right to left. Portsmouth, usual home colours. First time we've seen this new home kit. Referee today who's got this one underway. David Rock from Hertfordshire as the ball goes out down on the near touchline. And Portsmouth will have themselves a throw-in from 10 yards inside their own half. Bishop looking for Jacobs, edge of the box. What can Jacobs manufacture here? Ayoma still with him. Out to Thompson, cries of shoot in the box. Trying to thread it through to Piggott. Loose in the penalty area. Not dealt with. Jacobs wanted to get a shot away suddenly that was closed down driving to the dead ball line now the cross comes in and Piggott knows he's got a tap in if Regan Paul doesn't stretch a right leg out and put it behind for a Pompey corner first corner of the game Pompey nil Lincoln City nil right footed in swinger to come from Jacobs footed right hand in the air here comes the delivery to the Zichard box header on by Morrison over the bar got there didn't get the contact he wanted Fisher breaks into the penalty area but some covering defender comes across in the form of Sorensen to stop it there's Rafferty on the right leg with the penalty area Pompey still in a good attacking area but loads of black shirts back there as Hackett's got an overlap in the form of Rafferty didn't use him whips the ball in which Rushworth gathers on the backs Rafferty hurriedly plays it forward looking forward Bishop header down finds Jacobs Bishop back to Jacobs Jacobs now with the chance to get the shot in it's blocked Hackett picked up the second ball Jacobs wants it in the penalty area Hackett wants to shoot Rushworth saves comfortably Lovely ball from Jacobs, that's a wonderful pass. Ogilvy, early ball in the box, Bishop helps it on, chance for Hackett, great block, still there, over the bar. Clearest opportunity of the game so far, and Hackett lies face down on the ground, he can't believe Pompey haven't broken the deadlock, nil-nil. Long ball forward, looking for Scarlett, Scarlett's got a yard here and it's just over hit. Scarlett's going to go round Rushworth, Scarlett drills it, Rushworth saves, loose ball, cleared behind for a corner kick. Causing problems. Nil nil corner. Jacobs in it comes towards the far post. Heads go up over the bar. Morrison again. Third time he's won the first ball. Can't do anything with it. That should be that. And it is. And there's a few boos around Fratton Park and a bit of frustration at Portsmouth drawing a blank against Lincoln in their first match of the new League One season. It's finished Portsmouth nil, Lincoln City nil. Every second of the action is right here. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. Those there, the highlights were Saturday's bore draw at Fratton Park, as displayed here on Pompey Live. A nil-nil draw with Lincoln City for the Blues then in match day number two ensures two points taken from two games. Still unbeaten, but also still without 
the first win of a new season. Elsewhere, let's take a recap of the other results in League One across the weekend. Then Barnsley were 1-0 winners over Cheltenham Town. Bolton inflicted a 3-0 defeat upon Wickham Wanderers. Burton Albion were reduced to 10 men quite early on in their game against Bristol Rovers and as a result lost by four goals to nil. Charlton beat Derby 1-0. Exeter uh, played a part in, uh, in a game between two newly promoted sides at St James's Park. That game ended 4-0 in favour of Exeter City over Port Vale. It ended a fleet with two. Plymouth Argyle one. Forest Green Rovers one. Ipswich two. MK Dons nil. Sheffield Wednesday one. Oxford United one. Cambridge United nil. Peterborough three. Morecambe nil. And Shrewsbury Town nil. Accrington Stanley one. So let's take a look at where that leaves everyone in the League One table at the moment. As we reiterated last week, it doesn't mean anything at this stage of the season. However, the current top two are Peterborough United and Exeter. In the playoffs, we've got Bolton, Sheffield Wednesday, Charlton and Accrington Stanley. Pompey are down in 18th. And in the bottom four, currently Burton Albion, Milton Keynes, Dons without a point, with Cheltenham Town also without their first point of the season. They take on Pompey on Saturday, of course, and then Morecambe take up the uh, the last remaining uh, relegation spot. However, 44 games still to go. So we'll take all of that with a massive grain of salt. Okay, let's welcome in my two guests for this evening's conversation. And first of all, delighted to welcome back onto the show for the first time this season, Mr. Sam Stone. Sam, it's a pleasure to have you back on the show, my friend. Cheers, mate. Good to, good to be back on. Yeah, a little bit disappointed after Saturday, but hopefully we can uh, chat about it tonight and make sure, make sure the disappointment actually was, it wasn't that bad all over. It wasn't it wasn't actually that bad. It was a uh, early on in the season. We're going to get going. Yeah, absolutely. And alongside us also to to discuss Saturday's draw and preview the next couple of games as well. Uh, Tom Malley, Tom, likewise, mate. Great to have you on the show. I hope you've had a great weekend. Yeah, cheers, mate. Good to be back. Um, yeah, good weekend. Obviously, you know, I think the defeat made sure it wasn't a bad weekend. Um, but uh, as you say, we'll dissect into that um, more to come. Yeah. Uh, and as you mentioned, Sam, um, a nil-nil draw on home turf is is never going to get the fans going. It's, it's never going to leave us too excited uh, for what's to come in the next few weeks. However, when you do sit back and you take a look at it, and, and you realise just how much Lincoln came down to Fratton Park. They had their game plan. They they piled ten men behind the ball from probably, you know, the, the first minute of the second half at least. They came here wanting a point, and fair play, they executed the game plan perfectly, uh, and they got the point they were so desperately after. And, and as a result, that left Pompey really frustrated and, and just unable to break them down. Yeah, and I think it's important to remember as well. There was there's five new faces in that that Pompey lineup on Saturday playing at Fratton Park for the first time. And it, it does take time for, for partnership to gel. And I think even in the first half, you could see Piggott and Bishop starting to develop a bit of a partnership. Obviously, Morrison's Morrison's new in, in the defence as well, along with the goalkeeper. So the, there's plenty of partnerships that need to develop. And you, you can't really expect uh, the, the team just to kind of gel immediately and, and get going. But I think there's plenty of positives to take. I think... You know, there's a lot of excitement going around the club, and there's a lot of there's a load of new new signings as well. So there shouldn't be. Any, I mean, the booze on Saturday were were a little bit um a little bit silly. I didn't quite get that. I mean, and as you mentioned as well, Lincoln they they haven't been active this this summer in the transfer window. They've got a new manager in, certainly not one of the biggest budgets. So they they would happily take a point at one of the biggest sides in the league, and and you couldn't really blame them for the way they set up. It just Pompey needs to work out a way 
to, to break teams down like Lincoln, and that has always been the case. It's been the case for the past few years, to be honest. Yeah. It hasn't been, it hasn't just been under Danny Cowley. That's been quite a, a, a problem from the Keddie Jacket era as well. So yeah, for me, I don't think that you should get to, as Paul Cook would say, if you should get too low on this one. But obviously, and shouldn't get too high after the Sheffield Wednesday result as well. So, but yeah, I, th- I think there's plenty of positives to take, and I think the team will really get gelling in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, and absolutely, Tom. Just really reflecting on on what Sam's mentioned there. Uh, there was a lot of optimism after the the comeback over Sheffield Wednesday, despite being in that winning position, but ending up ending up with the point at Sheffield Wednesday. A, a good point, nonetheless, and a great start to the season. That left a lot of excitement, a lot of expectation going into Saturday's game against Lincoln, who, like Sam said. 17th, 18th in the table last season. There's not a lot of expectation around them this season. A lot of their you know, key players have left the club. They've not really replaced them as well as, as they have done in the last couple of years. They aren't expected to be pulling up too many trees in League One this season. But it just goes to show that you can be walking you know, on cloud nine after that draw with Sheffield Wednesday. But it all comes crashing down again once you, you get back to reality and you realise you've got some really difficult teams like Lincoln who are going to be grinding just as hard as you know, the teams with actual quality in, in their teams. And, and you, you, you can't win more, and, and there are 44 games left to, to, to try and rectify that. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm not in the, in the slightest bit worried. I might be, in a, I might be a, a bit naive, but I, I'm really not. I mean, the the point at Sheffield Wednesday was fantastic. I'll hold my hands up and say I was not expecting to get anything from that game heading up there. Um, and then uh, another draw on Saturday, and I think I think if that draw on Saturday was against a team like Ipswich. Um, or you know another another big uh, fish in that pond up there. It wouldn't have been as bad, but I think as you say, because it's against Lincoln, who finished in the bottom half last season, lost a lot of players, nothing really going for them. It probably seems that bit worse. Um, but for me, I, you know, I, I saw plenty of positives from that game. I thought we controlled it completely. All right, we didn't we didn't break them down. We would have liked, but I I, I saw more positives than negatives. Yeah. What kind of positives did you take from the game, Sam? And, and, and I'm in no way denying that there were positives because I think there were plenty of them. But what would you say was your standout point to take from Saturday's 0-0 draw with Lincoln? I think for me, I think it's they, the defensive side of things. I think Morrison slotted in there really well. I think we didn't look like conceding a goal. I mean, they had a few half chances here and there, but I feel like there was a good sense of control in the game from Pompey. And I, that's what uh, any good side that gets promoted, essentially they're getting promoted off the back of being a really good defensive team and being solid and holding games. Wigan were brilliant at it last year. They they pick up the odd 1-0 here or there. Uh, Rotherham as well, some very good defenders. So I, I, I liked how Morrison kind of slotted in. I, I, I'm jury still out on the keeper a little bit for me at the moment, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm sure he'll progress. I'm sure he'll get better. But yeah, that for me, I just liked how we controlled the game. There wasn't really too much panic in terms of uh, Lincoln kind of causing us a threat or anything like that. I feel like that was that's the main positive for me to take. And then again, I, I did like some of the stuff, we were, especially in the first half, some of the stuff going forward. There were some good moves. I really can see a partnership between Joe Piggott and um, mm-hmm. Bishop developing. And then also as well, Dane Scarlett, when he came on, I thought he was he gets the, got, got everyone off their seats a little bit. There, there, there's definitely a very, very talented player in there. And if he can get, I feel like if he can get going, we've he's playing at a level that he really shouldn't be. Yeah. Absolutely, and as you mentioned previously, Tom, in regards to you know the solidity at the back between the likes of the experienced Michael Morris and Sean Raggett, who's vastly improved over the last couple of seasons, your Conor Ogilvy, um, your Joe Rafferty, to Clark Robertson to to join in amongst that back four or five, no matter what Danny Cowley you know, decides to play from one week to another. But 
it was that defensive solidity on Saturday, which I think did please a lot of fans, as much as, as Sam rightfully alludes to there, the, the partnership between Joe Piggott and Colby Bishop, which is growing really, really quickly, and, and it's great to see them gel. In previous seasons, I can't help but feel that Saturday's game against Lincoln, 0-0, regardless of how many men they had in the, in you know in their defensive area, I can't help but feel that in previous seasons we probably would have lost that 1-0 from a quick counter-attack where we would have fell asleep, and we didn't fall asleep on Saturday. No, we didn't. I, that's, this is what I mean. I think there's, there were so many positives to actually take from this game. Like even though we couldn't we couldn't get the goal or break them down, we were in control um, at the back and and sort of in attack. We just couldn't really sort of produce anything. But the defence was solid. Um, I was a bit sceptical about Morrison at Sheffield Wednesday, um, but he he definitely uh, won me over at the weekend. I thought he looked a lot more assured at the back. Um, as you say, Raggett's come on leaps and bounds in the past two years and looks a completely different player. Uh, my only only sort of um, concern was just the amount amount of times he kept passing it to the back, passing it back to Griffiths in goal, um, instead of sort of playing forward. And a lot of fans in the stadium were getting frustrated at that, which was understandable. But besides that, I, I couldn't see any any other negatives. And uh, we've got an email here uh, from uh, Dave Byrne. Thank you for getting in touch, Dave, as always. Hi, Jake. Hi, all. Lincoln City certainly know how to spoil a good day out, don't they? However, we failed to find a solution to their high pressing, which stopped us playing out from the back as we now like to do. uh, Consequently, we resorted to pumping long balls into the Lincoln City half and looked devoid of ideas. Their goalkeeper's performance has been talked up, uh, but it was really all basic stuff that he had to deal with and feels like two points dropped at the moment. The lack of pace in the Portsmouth team was glaringly apparent and hopefully a fully fit Rico Hackett plus Owen Dale will help. Ronan Curtis may no longer be a good fit. The way this team is evolving. It will be interesting to see how Tom Lowry fits in too. He looks a similar player to Joe Morrell to me, which possibly means you couldn't play them together in the same side. It should be a good test tomorrow night against Cardiff. Play out Pompey. Thank you to leave uh, to, to Dave and Liz for getting in touch this evening. If like Dave, you want to get in touch with the show before seven o'clock you've just just under 40 minutes to do so at express fm is where to find us on twitter you can text the word express followed by your name and message to 81400 email sport at expressfm.com or go over to our facebook page facebook.com forward slash pompey live we want to know your opinions on the signings of Tom Lowry and Owen Dale, what this means for the futures of the current crop of players that have been at Fratton Park for the last couple of years. You know, you Ryan Tunnicliffe, you Ronan Curtis. Could it be a chance for them to move on? And will there be healthy competition throughout the squad, throughout the entire campaign? Let us know your score predictions too for tomorrow's Carabao Cup trip to Cardiff City. OK, the three of us here will be continuing our analysis of Saturday's draw between Pompey and Lincoln, as well as moving on to preview tomorrow night's clash at Cardiff. City Stadium. And in the next part of the show, we'll also take a listen to the post-match thoughts of Blues head coach Danny Cowley, who reveals a big reason as to why his side may not have looked on Saturday quite like they did in the second half at Hillsborough a week prior. I probably have to be fair to the group. There's been a sickness bug, a number didn't train yesterday, a number were feeling it today. And as a consequence, I didn't quite feel like we had that intensity or energy that we would have liked. Keep it 93.7 Express FM and stick around for the con- continuation of the Football Hour. Returning right your way in just a few moments' time. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. Whether you're out with your mates, catching the latest blockbuster, or just enjoying late night bus rides, 
From 7pm every day, you can take advantage of a Knight Rider ticket, taking you from A to B and everywhere in between. Simply purchase your Knight Rider ticket on the bus or using the Stagecoach app to get unlimited travel anywhere on the whole of the Stagecoach South for just £2.50. The world is your oyster. Visit stagecoachbus.com for timetable and ticket information. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. A very good evening and the warmest of welcomes as ever to the Football Hour here on Express FM. Brought to you this season by Stagecoach Across the South. And if you've only just joined us, where have you been? We've been on air for 24 minutes. Come on, you've got to get here a bit earlier. I'm joined alongside both Sam Stone and Tom Malley tonight to review all of the action from Pompey's 0-0 draw with Lincoln City on Saturday. I say all of the action, some of the talking points we could pick from a board draw at Fratton Park. We'll also be previewing Pompey's trip to Cardiff City in the Carabao Cup, which takes place tomorrow night here on Pompey Live. Kick-off 7.45 for that one, but we'll come on to that a little later on. Now, we're going to bring Tom and Sam back into the conversation. Tom, we heard from um, Dave on the emails prior to the break and he mentioned about the, the way that there was a lack of pace in this Pompey team and, and how that was glaringly apparent whilst we've made a lot of new signings could, could you not help but feel maybe on Saturday that there was a lack of pace in this Pompey team particularly on, on you know the wide areas of the pitch where we're expecting to see Owen Dale provide that Yeah definitely I think that's the one thing that was holding us back from victory at the weekend just that creativity and that pace. Um, Rico Hackett came in for Curtis, didn't he? Um, and he, he did all right, but I think he probably could have done better. Um, and then you've got Jacobs on the other wing, who I think is a great player at this level, but the, the, the pace isn't quite there. All the pace that we need isn't quite there. Um, good players nonetheless, but I mean, hopefully with Dale, it's bringing something extra to the side, but it was definitely mm. missing 100%. Um, and I think that's probably what let us down at the weekend as well. Yeah, and another player who um, has got potential to really play a massive part in this Pompey team this season, Sam. A lot of mentions uh, of his name on social media. He came off a bench on Saturday and once again put in a very promising display during the minutes he was actually on the field to play, and that's Jay Mingi. Um, with the amount of competition the Blues have got in that midfield region, your Marlon Pack, your Louis Thompson, who have started the last two league matches, add Joe Morrell to the mix when he comes back from his injury in a few weeks' time, Jay Mingy too, and we've not even mentioned Ryan Tunnicliffe. Very, very strong in that area, but what does that do for the likes, you know, the futures of, of the likes of Ryan Tunnicliffe? Well, yeah, we, obviously Lowry as well, who's just come in. There's, there's, of course, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Pompey have got, and, and I mean, Lowry's probably, well, well every time I've seen him play, I've been like, what I want Pompey to sign him. So you'd assume he's going to be one of one of Cowley's first choices as well. Yeah, no, there's a hell of a lot of options in that midfield area. And you're right about Mingi. He's probably the one, obviously, Pack's been solid, but we all knew he was going to be solid. He's a championship-proven player. But Mingi's probably the the one player out of the, the, the rest of them that's really stood out, especially in the midfield. And, and then that's a really strong midfield as well. And it, but it's that kind of weighing up. Do do you keep him keep him at the club and try and give him some min- and make sure he gets minutes, or does he go elsewhere? Because because the odd substitute appearance, he's he's played really well. But you don't want to stunt his growth or his development by not but by, by not featuring um, full ninety minute games. So I mean, I'd really like to see him start tomorrow. I think he's completely earned the right to start. I think he's a. He he looks when he when he gets the ball he wants to drive forward forward with it he wants to make things happen and and that's something that we potentially lack a little bit mm. in midfield um I mean Tunnicliffe at the start of last season who's really good at it but 
didn't really see it towards the end of the season. So, uh, yeah, I mean, for me, I think Mingi has to be in the in the conversation now for for to get some more minutes to to start potentially. And yeah, and that, that could well lead to to the likes of Tunnicliffe or Tunnicliffe moving on. I mean, he's been a bit unfortunate <laughs> um, with injuries last season. And when he started the season, he looked one of the best mm. players we'd seen in a long, long time. So yeah, that that could potentially happen. But uh, I mean, it may have to happen considering the amount of signings we've made in that era. Yeah. Luke Ellis on Twitter says it's not all doom and gloom. There's some good players there that need to gel. We lacked pace and Cowley knows it. Hence Morel to come back. Lowry signs and hopefully a winger too. Frustrating result, but every chance will come good as players we've got coming back are what we need. And that's precisely it as well, Tom. It's not just the players that hadn't signed in time for Saturday, of course. Uh, Tom Lowry signing late on Friday evening. Owen Dale, we knew he was going to arrive at some point. That was announced on Sunday afternoon. And of course, you you, you've got the likes of the players that are missing out through injury. You're Denver Hume, you're Joe Morrell, for example, Clark Robertson, who's still yet to feature this season for the Blues. There were promising signs on Saturday. We still didn't lose the game, whereas otherwise, perhaps in previous seasons, we would have lost that concentration, as we mentioned earlier. There's still then promising signs and plenty of players to add to the fold as well to improve the team even further. Yeah, exactly. I think that that was a uh, that was a positive, or just is a positive in general, knowing that we've got plenty of options off the bench, and even those who aren't making the bench at the moment through injury or whatever reason, um, to come into the side when needed or if necessary. Um, the squad's uh, much better this season, I think, or is getting there at least. Um, and I think the options um, there's plenty of them, and that's that's definitely a positive. So you know, for example, on Saturday, if it's not going quite well, at least we know there's hmm. uh, there's other alternatives if if Cowley needs to mix it up. Yeah. OK, then let's hear what Danny Cowley had to say after the full-time whistle on Saturday afternoon. Max Watson caught up with the Blues head coach on the touchline after their 0-0 draw with Lincoln City. Danny, how did you view a 0-0 draw against Lincoln? I thought the positives, the attitude and application was good. I thought it was good to keep a clean sheet. I didn't like us in possession. I felt yeah, we didn't get quite get the balance in our play. I thought we were a little bit too direct and played maybe hopeful football. And yeah, I just think we've got better footballers than that and we could have got a little bit more control, a little bit more rhythm, work the ball into certain areas, maybe some more switches of play um, and then we could have got into better positions to then maybe be able to cross or, or affect the goal. So, no, I think um, the positives were that we kept a, a, a clean sheet and like I said, the attitude and application was good and I probably have to be fair to the group because we've had, there's been a sickness bug, a number didn't train yesterday number were feeling it today and as a consequence I didn't quite feel like we had that intensity or energy um, that, that we would have liked. There's one change from the side that drew 3-3 with Sheffield Wednesday last week as Rico came in for Ronan. What was the thought process behind that? Just Rico from the right. We just thought for tactically um, it was the right thing to do. He's been excellent all week, Rico, in, in training and he just earned his, earned, earned his position. Um, with the way that he trained and for us like I say to the players all the time I just name the team they select it by the way that they they train and play How good was it to be back here at Fratton Park? Yeah it was brilliant to be back we're just disappointed we didn't quite find the performance particularly in possession that we would have liked and like I said I think yeah it's important always to be fair with your assessment and uh, although we're we're really disappointed because we always want to win games here I think we are a new group and we have to keep trying to work together to get to that joined up thinking and we didn't quite always have that today. You alluded to the positives earlier, one of them being a clean sheet. How did you assess the performance of Josh Griffiths in your back line? Yeah, I thought 
defensively we we did well we restricted them I don't think they had a shot on target um, and I have to say I thought Lincoln were much much fitter much more resilient than what I saw than last year so they've they've improved for us in possession they were they were pressing very aggressively they were jumping their eights the sixes six was jumping onto our midfielders we had a lot of opportunity to draw the press on and maybe play into the front and then get some good vertical patterns and we didn't quite do that now like I said some new relationships two right footed centre halves these are these are reasons rather than excuses but they um, these are all things that we have to keep working on and like I said you know I wish I had a magic wand if I did I would use it for sure but we don't so we have to keep going to the training pitch keep keep working keep learning make sure we do the work off the field as well with our off-field coaching because you know games like today can be um, be a great opportunity to learn and you'll obviously reflect on this but then attention turns to Tuesday a break from league action how much are you looking forward to that one of course we love football so we, we will look forward to playing against a championship team um, we'll make some some changes is the, is the plan we've got some really good young players I think 10 players in our squad that are 21 and under now which is fantastic for the future of this club and it will be a great opportunity for them to get some first-time experience. There you are then, Pompey fans. The post-match thoughts of Danny Carley from Saturday's 0-0 draw with Lincoln City, which moves us on along nicely to now preview the trip to Cardiff City tomorrow night in the first round of the Carabao Cup, where five years ago to this day, the last game between the two sides took place at the Cardiff City Stadium in the Carabao Cup in the very first round. And we'll come on to hear a bit more about tomorrow's opponents in a little bit more detail in a few moments' time. I'm going to bring Sam and Tom back into the conversation now. And Sam, I think we got a bit of an insight there into maybe what the team might look like at Cardiff tomorrow night, right at the end of that interview there, talking about some of the, the youth players, some of the youngsters, some of the players who haven't quite had some game minutes so far this season might just be introduced for tomorrow's game. Yeah, and I, for my, I think that does need to happen. I, I'd really like to see Scarlett given a go from the out, uh, from the offset. I think he, he, when he just hits the ball, it kind of just gets you. As I said earlier, he just gets you off your, your seat. And you, you, I feel like if he can get going, especially in the league, he 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 shouldn't be playing in League One, and 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 he could really score, score bundles and bundles of goals if he does get going. And I feel like again tomorrow, like tomorrow, is a good. It's a great opportunity to experiment a little bit, maybe try and play a different formation. We've got what we got a load of midfielders potentially, potentially go for a, a three-man midfield. It, it's good. It's a good time to experiment because realistically, we all know the Carabao Cup. We're probably not going to win it. It's it's essentially a, a competition that's for the, the top four teams mm-hmm. in England. And it, I mean, it's good. It, it, this is good to rotate the squad and, and to, uh, build partnerships, etc. But for the long run we have seen it before especially I mean in, in the AFL trophy where the cup runs do affect us in the league and, and for the, the league has to be the priority has been the priority for a while now but yeah I mean the FA Cup as well we've had a couple of fifth round FA Cup runs yeah the, the, for now the league does need to be the priority and that's why I think giving the likes of Mingi and, and, and Dane mm-hmm. Scarlett Zach Swanson as well I mean he came on for a little bit on, on Saturday but he's another player I think could, could be a real asset for us so that those are the those are the players that I want to see playing tomorrow and really 
stamp that you know give yeah. Cowley something yeah. to think about uh, and just really reflecting off what uh, you know Sam's mentioning there Tom in regards to you know we, we say season upon season don't we the league is Pompey's bread and butter we don't want these cup competitions getting in the way becoming a hindrance you know as, as they quite clearly do sometimes we'll always take a trip to Wembley as we did in 2019 that game against Sunderland was incredible and you know an, an experience of a lifetime and we'd never turn that down again but if you're not going to go out there and win it would it just be beneficial just to get knocked out straight away so you can fully focus on the league because at the end of the day six seasons in league one that we've we've now peaked into we need to get out of this division yeah definitely um kenny jacket loved the cup run but ultimately it cost us the majority of the time if not well all the time um and i think when you're when you're into your sixth season in league one i think you really need to get your priorities straight and and realize what is more important the league or a cup run um especially if one you're not going to win so, yeah, in my opinion, get out of it as soon as we can. Not putting a team out to no. lose, but, you know, I think rotating the squad is, is incredibly important for this one. And more more about looking at it as just a game to use other players rather than a, a cup mm. a cup run kind of thing. So, um, yeah, I mean, there has to be the league. Maybe when we get to the championship, we can focus on a cup run again. Yeah. But for as long as we're in League One, we need to get out of it. To, to counteract that as well, though, Sam, um, as, as much as we, we, you know, I think a lot of us would like to, to just to make wholesale changes tomorrow night in these cup competitions, play the, you know, the players that need to get their, their fitness up together and, and, and really stake their claim to the first team so they can show the manager what they've got and show the fans what they've got to offer as well. Um, you, you look at the, the depth within this Pompey squad. You mentioned Zach Swanson a moment ago. We've got quality in depth in every position, and I don't think that's something we've seen too much at Fratton Park over the last couple of seasons. We've had that depth, and with all due respect for them, they've been you know, youth players, players who aren't really expecting to burst into the first team. I genuinely believe now you could probably make two whole 11-a-side <laughs> teams out of the players we've got that could probably stake a claim to be competing for promotion or at least a, a top-six finish. So even if we were to make 11 changes tomorrow night, I, I still think we've got a good enough squad to, to be able to compete and, and make a cup run regardless. Yeah, as you said, for this has been the first time in at least three seasons where I've kind of gone into felt confident of Pompey actually competing at the right end of the table this season. And that that is due to the, the strength and depth. And you've got the likes of Owen Dale and uh, Lowry on the bench, you know, Mingi as well has played so well. We haven't had this for ages. And it is something that it, it's a, it's a good dilemma for Cowley to have because obviously he's got to keep all his players happy and give them game time and, and give them the best opportunity to, to make a, make a difference for the club and, and, rotating tomorrow I feel like it's it's something that has to be done because we do, we do need to keep the players happy we need to keep the players match fit you need to be giving them chances and but yeah as you say it's it's a really good problem to have for once because we've had it at times last year we were playing the playing the same team in in, in both competitions even the FL trophy as well so yeah but as you as you as you say it's a good really good position to be in for this season and it's kind of brought a really good feeling back to the club and it's what was needed. So you look at this, you go back six, six weeks or four or five weeks, there was a completely different feeling around the club and it does show and I feel like a lot of people need to, fans especially, you know, Cowley said be patient at the transfer window and it, yeah. it really has looked like it's paid off um, yeah. towards the back end of it. Thank you, Sam. Thank you, Tom. We'll be back with lads in just a few moments' time. But we're going to ramp up our conversation and we're going to really kickstart our preview of tomorrow's trip to Cardiff City in a bit more detail now because time really is running away from us here on the Football Hours tonight. And we're going to take a little bit more of a dive into the facts and the figures, the names and the numbers behind the opposition at the Cardiff City Stadium tomorrow evening. Mason Jordan 
has a bit of a lowdown on the Bluebirds. Following back-to-back stalemates to kick off the new League One campaign, it's time now to shift our attention to round one of the Carabao Cup as Pompey travelled to Cardiff City. Pompey Live, this week's opposition. The Blues were held to a frustrating 0-0 draw at home to Lincoln at the weekend in a game which saw plenty of opportunities for Danny Cowley's side who were just unable to find a breakthrough. Up next, a trip to South Wales to take on championship outfit Cardiff, a chance for Portsmouth to potentially rotate the squad and take advantage of the vastly improved squad depth. Manager. The Bluebirds of Cardiff are now led by former Norwich Leeds and Millwall striker Steve Morrison. Morrison, now 38 years of age, the first took charge of Cardiff in October of last year following the dismissal of his predecessor Mick McCarthy. He has since overseen 36 competitive games, of which 14 have ended in victory and 16 in defeat. This is the former Welsh International's first managerial gig, having only previously been in charge of Cardiff under-23s. One to watch. Young Kian Ateye is the player we're keeping an eye on during this match, should of course he be handed the opportunity to play. The 20-year-old to only join Cardiff on a three-year deal on Thursday afternoon, signing for the Bluebirds for a reported fee of half a million pounds. Ateye spent last season on loan at both Northampton Town and Cheltenham Town respectively, scoring three goals in the second half of their campaign at the latter. It had been rumoured that Danny Cowley was interested in securing his services this summer, although there weren't many League One clubs who would have turned down the opportunity to sign the promising forward who made his Cardiff debut at the weekend. Top scorer. Steve Morrison's side have found the back of the net just twice so far this season. Former Walsall and Brentford attacking midfielder Romain Sawyers scored their first goal of the campaign in the season opener at home to Norwich last weekend before 27-year-old Callum Adalda found the back of the net against Reading a week later. Last term, defender Aidan Flint scored the most goals in this Cardiff side with six championship strikes under his belt. He has since moved on to sign for Stoke City. Current form. The Bluebirds opened the new season with a 1-0 home win over recently relegated Norwich City. However, that was followed up by a 2-1 defeat away at Reading on Saturday. Last year, Cardiff finished 18th in the championship, just four places off the relegation zone. The last time these two sides met was back in August of 2017, at the same stage of the same competition. Former Blues defender Greg Holford scored an extra-time winner five years ago at the Cardiff City Stadium as the host prevailed with a 2-1 victory to progress to round two, despite Pompey taking a 1-0 lead into half-time thanks to a Sean Morrison goal. Can Danny Cowley mastermind a cup upset or will the Bluebirds be singing their way into round two of this season's Carabao Cup? All of the unmissable action on Pompey Live. Big thank you to Mason Jordan there for providing us a bit more of analysis into tomorrow's opponents, Cardiff City, Pompey's opposition in the first round of this season's Carabao Cup. Okay, after the break, we're going to be bringing Tom and Sam back into the conversation and we want to hear more from you guys listening back home 81400 is our text number start your messages with the word express and don't forget to add your name to that as well just so we know who's texting us sport at expressfm.com is our email address you can tweet at expressfm or visit facebook.com forward slash Pompey live and when we do return we're going to hear from new signing Tom Lowry who talked to Max Swatton uh, after his signing on Friday evening about the kind of player he is and what he can bring to this Pompey team so I'm quite a technical midfielder, also like to play with a lot of energy, like to get up and down the pitch, like to get on the ball and try and play forward. 
We'll also hear from the Secretary of the Portsmouth Divisional Football Association, Rob England, who talks about the growth of women's football in the city following the Lionesses' European Championship success over Germany last Sunday. That's all to come in the third and final part of the Football Hour. This is the Football Hour, 93.7 Express FM. The new Stagecoach Flexi 5, a bus ticket that works when you do. For those who travel often, but not every day. These new flexible bus tickets are available as Flexi 5. Bundles of five day riders for the price of four. And Flexi 10, bundles of 10 day riders for the price of seven. Flexi tickets are now available to download via the Stagecoach bus app. Download Flexi 5 or Flexi 10 from Apple App Store or Google Play today. For more information, visit stagecoachbus.com. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. Welcome along for the final time this evening to the Football Hour, driven to you this season by Stagecoach Across the South. You can visit stagecoachbus.com for the latest timetable information as well as what Stagecoach are doing in your area to make their services a bit more eco-friendly, driving a cleaner, greener Portsmouth. OK, still to come this evening, we've got the final thoughts of both Sam Stone and Tom Malley to come. We're going to hear from Rob England from the uh, Portsmouth Divisional FA, who talks about the growth of of women's football in the city and uh, we'll also come on to get the score predictions from you guys back home 81400 is my number to text start messages with the word express tweet at expressfm email sport at expressfm.com or find us over at facebook.com forward slash pompey live however before we get to any of that we're going to hear from one of the new signings tom lowry max watson caught up with a new blues midfielder on friday night first asking how he felt to put pen to paper on a deal at fratton park really excited it's obviously a massive club um so yeah i'm really excited and can't wait to get started how did this move come about and when did you first hear about it i've known about the interest for quite a while to be fair but i sort of only knew it was close about a few days ago maybe a week ago so as soon as i knew that it was getting close you know i knew that this is a place that i really want to come to do you know any of the lads here already and if not how much are you looking forward to meet the squad um i know Joe Morrell, uh, from when I went away with Wales at the end of last season. Uh, also know Jeff Lewis, who's on the staff. Apart from that, that's it. So, yeah, I'm really excited to, 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 to get to know the lads and to meet them all, yeah. What have your conversations with Danny Cowley been like? Uh, yeah, they've been really good, to be fair. Um, spoke with him on the phone a few times. Uh, told me about how big the club is and, you know, how good the fans are and everything like that. Um, also spoke to me about what his plans are for the team and for me and yeah that was all really good so it's your first step away from crew you've been there since you were nine years old how are you feeling about making the jump to another club for the first time ever in your career um really excited to be fair um it's a new challenge a new start um being at crew since i was nine years old uh 24 now so so i think i'm definitely ready for a a a new challenge how do you assess your time there overall? Um, really good, to be fair. Um, I really enjoyed my, my time there ever since I was nine until um, I left when I was 24, obviously. And, um, yeah, I got a promotion in there as well, um, making my debut at 18. You know, I, I, I had quite a lot of special moments. Obviously, last season didn't go the way we all wanted, but um, well, that's just football, I suppose. Just tell us what kind of midfielder you are. 
Um, so I'm quite a technical midfielder. Um, also like to play with a lot of energy, like, like to get up and down the pitch, um, like to get on the ball and try and play forward, really. There's quite a strong midfield department here at Pompey already, so how do you think you'll be able to complement the other players? Um, I think I'll complement them well. Um, I'll work hard every day in training. Um, I'll give absolutely everything in every game. And uh, yeah, just hopefully I can help the team as much as possible. And just finally, what are your aims for the 2022-23 season personally and as a team? Um, personally, I'd just like to play as many games as I can, uh, try and help the team as much as I can and um, try and get this club back to where it belongs. So yeah, hopefully we can get promotion at the end of the season. A reminder there of Tom Lowry's announcement of his arrival on Friday evening. He joins Pompey uh, on a three-year deal, having left Crew Alexandra following their relegation from League One uh, last season. Owen Dale was finally announced uh, and unveiled as a Pompey signing on Sunday. Uh, he joins on a season-long loan deal from Blackpool. And also on Friday evening, right after we finished the show here on Express FM, the Football to preview of the Lincoln game, Liam Vincent, uh, he moved on to Maidstone University. United. He joins them uh, on a season-long loan deal as well. So we wish him all of the best for the upcoming campaign at Maidstone. Uh, just to quickly recap then, um, Tom, the, the signings of both Tom Lowry and uh, Owen Dale. We'll come on to talk about Owen Dale because we don't really have much time to discuss both the signings. We just heard from Tom, Tom Lowry and what he can bring to the team. But how excited are you to add a player of Owen Dale's quality to the side? Oh, yeah, he's quality. Um, I think... Uh, not last season, season four when he was at Crew, his numbers were quite impressive. Um, something like 12 goals in, in their first season back in, in League One. Um, so he's, he's clearly got what it takes and obviously Blackpool thought so by taking him up to the championship with them. Um, and he's got that little bit of experience. I mean, not a great deal, but a little bit of experience of working in the championship environment from last season. Um, so, yeah, the quality is clearly there and I'm just excited to see what, what he can bring to this team as well. Yeah, of course. Um, Mike Briscoe on Facebook with a comment after Saturday's game, the 0 draw of Lincoln City. After that match, I can't see us losing too many games this year. Hard to break down, but keeper reminds me of Ford. Great at collecting crosses, which is always a plus in the lower leagues, but everything we did was so slow. I like Ogilvy and Rafferty. Doesn't seem too bad. However, neither of them have any pace to help us push forward quickly. One plus side from Saturday is Mingi. I think he'll break into the team soon. The only midfielder we have with natural place, pace and athleticism. Right, we are really, really running out of time here on Football Hour. So we're now going to hear from Rob England. Henry Deacon spoke to the secretary of the Portsmouth Divisional Football Association earlier this week about where the women's game in Portsmouth is compared to this time five years ago. What we have noticed really is in, is the interest in the women's game in terms of um, spectators. Well, I mean, we've been running a women's cup for 20 years now. Um, early days, we'd have a final at Moneyfields or Anor to The crowd would be well under 100 every time, well under 100. The last few years, uh, the numbers, several hundred, no no competition, no cup final is exceeds the women's cup final now in terms of attendance, apart from the, the men's senior cup. It's been fantastic. We have, um, whether it's at Hamlet Waterville, uh, Baffins Milton, you know, really, really big numbers. And uh, it just shows that the interest from the, the public is um, increasing dramatically, I think. And would you say in terms of parallels, and I hate to compare and contrast, but would you say now parallels-wise with the men's competition, is it getting closer towards a par than it perhaps was in the past? Uh, yeah, I think it is. I'll say, obviously, the, the, the difference is we 
going back to our previous conversation is the obviously the men you got more strength and depth. Mm-hmm. You know, you're gonna you're gonna look at the the teams that enter the senior cup and you know that then there may be a few mismatches in the early rounds if you've got a maybe a Hampshire league if one side who come up against gospel viral money fields that might be that might be tricky. But generally, you know, once you get past the first round probably there's a difficult to choose who's gonna win a game in, in, in a lot of instances. Obviously in the women's game that's um, that's still the issue. But to say the more uh, participation then that that will change and I think that will change very rapidly over the coming years. I suppose as time goes on there's gonna be plans for, for where you want the women's game to get to in the local area. How far can it go? Or is there no ceiling perhaps it could exceed any expectation set? Exactly. It it, it will be uh, dependent on the uh, the participation. There is no reason why it should not be uh, fairly close to the male participation at grassroots level. I mean, why why should it? I mean, if if we get enough uh, women and girls want to play, then uh, there will just be more teams, more teams, more divisions uh, as we go on. So, yeah, there, there is no season. And I suppose visibility is, is a massive thing as well, obviously. It, and that starts top downwards, obviously, what we've seen at the Euros. And obviously, if, if people see on, on a Saturday morning down at King George's more girls teams playing, that, that's going to get, I suppose, other people involved or get other people talking, saying, I want to get involved and, and be a part of it. And I suppose that's, a, I suppose, a key part of the plan is, is, is to make it visible. And, and it's being seen that there's, there's huge participation levels. Absolutely. I mean, it's. It, I think the great thing about football in my my time uh, being involved at, uh, as uh, as an administrator is the fact that we've we've broadened uh, generally uh, participation. So the days of when you had to stop playing at thirty five have gone because we've got veterans football or you've got small sided football. So you haven't got the, uh, the, the 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 you have to play every week and play every fortnight. You can play midweek you've now the age even further on now you've got walking football you've got disability football at all sorts of different um levels um uh, as well as women's so there, there there are no virtually no areas now where someone can say i can't play football for whatever reason there there are opportunities at um, regardless of gender regardless of age you can uh, regardless of ability you can play football, and I think that's brilliant. And um, that's one of the great, uh, I think, triumphs of uh, the way football's developed uh, locally and nationally. And, of course, you, you're mentioning how the Women's Cup participation levels in terms of teams have gone up over recent years. I know you want to just quickly touch upon the local competitions within the, the PDFA over this coming season. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, thanks, Henry. Yes, of course, we're running our normal uh, uh, competitions, which are seven. We've got uh, the men. In the Senior Cup, the Women's Senior Cup, and so we've also got the, the Victory Cup, which is the um, elite Sunday uh, grassroots size. And then we've got the Intermediate Trophy and Plate for the, the grassroots Sunday size, as well as uh, the Veterans Competition. Um, we've had a change of um, Cup Secretary, which has uh, meant there's been a bit of a handover. Um, but I would say to those clubs who want to enter, we've extended the application time to the 15th of August, but I would like uh, as many clubs as possible from the uh, Portsmouth Sunday League, the Meehan Valley League and the Gospel Fair and Zona League, get your applications in either to us or to your league secretary, as we want to make sure we have seven really 
strong, vibrant competitions uh, next season. There you are then, the thoughts of Rob England sitting down with Henry Deacon talking about the growth of women's football, not just in Portsmouth, but in general as well. Really great listen, that was. Okay, we have reached, unfortunately, the end of tonight's show, so it is time for the score predictions uh, for Pompey's trip to Cardiff City in the Carabao Cup. Keith on Facebook is going for a 2-1 defeat, but a strong performance. Thank you, Keith, for getting in touch. Steve on Twitter is going for a sneaky 1-0 Pompey win. And uh, Kevin also on Twitter is going for... A one-all draw, but a Pompey win on penalties. Thank you to everyone who got in touch throughout the show uh, this evening. Sam Stone, a very quick score prediction, please. Pompey take on Cardiff tomorrow night. I'll go I'll go 1-0, Jay, uh, Dane Scarlett to get on the score sheet. Oh, 1-0, Dane Scarlett. Thank you, Sam, for joining us on the show tonight. It's been a pleasure to have you. Tom, score prediction, what do you reckon? I think it's going to be very similar to what it was five years ago. I think we'll uh, take him to extra time and lose 2-1. Okay, no problem at all. I think we'll take that. Uh, My prediction also is going to be a 2-1 defeat, but I think that's going to take place uh, in the 90-minute period so we can actually get home and have a half-decent night's sleep, hey? Right, tomorrow evening, Pompey travelled to Cardiff City, the first midweek action of the brand-new season. It is a Carabao Cup first-round tie, and you can join myself and Conor Mosley from 7. Unmissable action. This is Pompey Live. Pompey continued their unbeaten start to the 2022-23 season, but it wasn't to be the three points that they would have liked. And there's a few boos around Pratt Park and a bit of frustration. Portsmouth drawing a blank. The Blues begin their Carabao Cup campaign next, travelling to Cardiff City. Join us for all of the unmissable action tomorrow from 7. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. That's right, Robbie is off this week. He's been dropped after his dismal display in the uh, trivia quiz on Saturday afternoon. Connor Mosley takes his place in the hot seat for tomorrow's trip to Cardiff City. Joined alongside myself and a special guest to go through all of the action in the first round of the Carabao Cup. Right, Jeff and Aid are up after the news at 7 with the Soft Rock Show. Kevin Stokes returns from 9 through until 11 with That 80s Show before nothing but express hits from 11 through until the early hours of Tuesday morning, which is when Ian James wakes you up with Express Breakfast from 6.30 through until 10, playing just great songs. He's got the latest on the roads, news, travel, sport updates. He's got the lot as well as the Express Rewind at 9 o'clock as well. Paul Marsh is here from from 10 through till 1 and then the victory is from 2 through till 4 just great songs from the 70s 80s and the 90s Darren Gamblin sits in for drive time with nothing but great songs all day long from 4 through till 6 before the local music show with Mason Jordan uh, just great songs from the great waterfront city from local artists and we're going to see who is number 1 in the local music chart this week and then from 7 it is all of a build up as Pompey take on Cardiff City in the Carabao Cup join us for that one tomorrow night from 7 but until then have a great evening Pompey fans thank you for tuning in we'll see you tomorrow night I'll be back on Friday for the next instalment of the Football Hour